Welcome to the A Catholic Life Podcast. I am Matthew, and I am honored to inaugurate this first episode of the new A Catholic Life Podcast. I have written for A Catholic Life now since 2005 when I first created the website. What I've done since that time is I've written extensively on different customs, what it means to live out a Catholic life. What does it mean liturgically? What are the fast days? What are the feast days throughout the week and throughout the year? What are events and news impacting the church and impacting politics, especially as it concerns serious sins that we as Catholics much oppose? What as well must we do and learn to teach the faith, to live it, to know it? I have been privileged to write on this and a number of other topics for the Fatima Center, Catholic Family News, 1 Peter 5, catechismclass.com, and many other such initiatives over the past 15 years. Uh, However, despite the fact that I continue to write these, and I still very much enjoy doing so, I know that more and more people are consuming content on audio than on writing. Thus, in honor of this change, and on this Quinquagesima Sunday in the year of our Lord, 2023, I have decided to inaugurate and create a new podcast. I would like to thank several friends of mine who have really pushed me to do this, saying repeatedly that my articles are quite good, but unfortunately they just don't have time to read them all. So what the A Catholic Life podcast is meant to do, it is, it is going to be a 5-10 to 10 minute episode each week, just to go over some of the highlights that impact what it means to live out a liturgical life as a traditional Catholic in the upcoming week. I'm going to be discussing some of my recent articles, whether those are published at A Catholic Life or elsewhere. I'll also be providing information on relevant customs as it concerns the liturgical life in the life of a Catholic, uh, whether it be fasting days, be feasting days, different customs that some countries observe that we might want to observe in our own life. So that's the purpose of the A Catholic Life show. I anticipate most of the episodes will be like this one. Me, talking about these various articles and things. However, I'm also very open and excited to invite on different guests as time goes on. This is the first of what will hopefully be many episodes to get the word out there. While I've been, as I said, honored to write on a number of different topics that concern apologetics and serving the faith, it is undeniable that more and more people are consuming contests and podcasts. Thus, this podcast exists for this reason. To start this episode for this week, we are on Quinquagesima Sunday, and we will very soon enter the Great and Holy Fast of Lent. Thus, I would like to dedicate this episode, first and foremost, to the publication of my latest book, The Definitive Guide to Catholic Fasting and Absence. This week, if you could please go to the A Catholic Life website, and on the front page, you'll find at the top recent article of mine uh, called The Lenten Observance Over Time, a comparison of regulations over the centuries. This is a chart showing just how much the faith has been impacted by changes to fasting. If, if you look at this chart, you'll find that there are a number of changes from Nicaea to the time of the Gregorian reforms in the 7th century through the High Middle Ages, the 15th century before Trent, and very quickly afterwards, Benedict the 13th, Benedict the 14th. We have the Council of Baltimore in 1866, Leo the 13th, 
etc., until we get to the time of the 1962 missile. While most people think of the 1917 Code of Canon Law as significantly harder, which it is, and significantly more traditional, which it is, it is in fact very much a watering down of these practices which existed for centuries beforehand. This chart explains how the collation has changed. What sort of food was allowed? When was it allowed? Why wasn't it allowed as well as explained in more detail in the key of terms and annotated citations? What does the passion fast mean? What size should a collation be? When was fish first allowed in Lent? Why was there a time in which water was not even allowed in Lent? Also, wine. Why was wine not allowed? These and many more questions are the subject uh, of a recent book of mine, The Definitive Guide to Catholic Fasting and Abstinence. Um, the, you can read more about the book on A Catholic Life. The Definitive Guide to Catholic Fasting and Abstinence is my 100-page book summarizing these changes to fasting and abstinence over the centuries. The book explains fasting and how it's changed in one of the most complete compilations ever written. Unfortunately, most summaries of fasting are either inaccurate or incomplete. Thus, this book seeks to right those wrongs. However, rather than being a merely academic exercise, the purpose of studying fasting is largely to help us rediscover these ancient practices in an attempt to better observe our Lord and our Blessed Mother's call for penance and reparation. Thus, as we prepare very soon to enter the Holy Fast of Lent, I am asking everybody to read the chart, to read the book, and see some of my recent articles on acatholiclife.blogspot.com and to learn more about what we've really lost with fasting. If you are feeling called to offer more fasting this year, I would invite you to visit 1peter5.com backslash fast. That's 1peter5.com backslash fast to learn more about the Fellowship of St. Nicholas, which I, 1peter5, and Census Fidelium are partnering we have already had over 100 members join our fellowship, which is simply a telegram group of people who are committing to observe a more traditional lifestyle of fasting and absence this Lent and throughout the year. You can read that page to learn more about what it entails and to join our community. There is as well a link down there that will take you to A Catholic Life where you can download a calendar which will show you the different traditional fasting and absence days throughout the year. What ones used to be obligatory? Which ones were recommended but never obligatory? That and much more is on there. In fact, it is rather surprising to the vast majority of Catholics that I propose a calendar in which one-third of the year is dedicated to fasting and two-thirds is dedicated to absence. In our society and in our church, where only two days in the year are considered obligatory fasting, and even year-round Friday absence is neglected, this is revolutionary. But this was what our forefathers did. This is what they observed. So please visit A Catholic Life this week to learn more about how the Lenten observance has changed over time, and to learn more about my recent book, The Definitive Guide to Catholic Fasting and Abstinence, available in English in paperback and Kindle on Amazon, and available as well on Amazon in Spanish and in Polish for readers and listeners who prefer those languages. The last thing I'd like to add for this week is for everybody to keep in mind a special feast day occurring this Tuesday on Fat Tuesday. That is 
the votive feast of the holy face of our Lord Jesus Christ deformed in the Passion. Now, our Lord appeared in 1938 to a nun and requested a day of reparation. And he asked, this was words of our Lord, he said, quote, See how I suffer. Nevertheless, I am understood by so few. What gratitude on the part of those who say they love me. I have given my heart as a sensible object of great love for man, and I give my face as a sensible object of my sorrow for the sins of man. I desire that it be honored by a special feast on Tuesday in Quinquagesima. The feast will be preceded by Novena, in which the faithful make reparation with me, uniting themselves with my sorrow. End quote. That feast was approved a number of years ago. In fact, in 1889, Leo XIII approved the confraternity of the Holy Face. And in 1910, St. Pius X, through a decree, approved a Mass for the Holy Face using um, the text as the votive Mass of the Fridays, uh, of the Passion for Fridays and Tuesdays within Sexagesima. Um, you can read more about this feast and how it changed over time. It was never on the universal calendar. However, it is important to note that we can still offer our prayers in union with this votive feast. We can pray the special colic prayer, which says, Omnipotent and merciful God, deign we beseech you, grant to all those who honor with us the face of your Christ, disfigured by his passion for our sins, the grace to see him for eternity in all the splendor of celestial glory. So, if you go to a Catholic Life and in the right sidebar, click on Roman Catholic Feast Days. You scroll down slightly, there will be a section not far down that says, uh, that says movable masses in some places. You'll find a link there to the votive feast of the holy face of our Lord Jesus Christ, deformed in the Passion. That is something we can better observe this week. Um, as we approach the Holy Fast of Lent, I wish you all a most blessed Lenten season. Please Read the book, The Definitive Guide to Catholic Fasting and Absence, and make a plan now for prayer, fasting, and almsgiving this Lent, and may it be pleasing to Almighty God. God bless. (laughs) 